0: Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Level Up, where we discuss the most current and relevant best practices, new technologies, and staffing resources to truly level up your pharmacy career and your practice. And now, get ready to level up.
1: Ricky. welcome to Level Up. I'm so happy to have you.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, how did we find you? You're such like a, a unique, you're a unicorn in the pharmacy space. This is so exciting. <laughs>
0: Funny, you say that. Like my texts always buy me unicorn things. So. I love, seriously,
1: I love yeah. that. You are, you're a gem. And I'm so happy that you have partnered with us and decided yeah. to work with us.
0: Well, I'm excited to be working with you guys. Um, so, a little bit about myself my name is Ricky Horn. Um, I'm a pharmacist and I specialize in veterinary medicine as a pharmacist. I completed my schooling at the University of Michigan, college of pharmacy. And I was able to do a residency program in veterinary medicine at the university of Wisconsin, Madison okay. at their veterinary That's teaching so cool. hospital. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very unique pathway. It there's not, I think overall there's probably like, uh, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I want to say there's 45 specialized. Oh my gosh. Couples. And you guys
1: have, you guys aren't lists probably watching this on camera, but Ricky's cat just walked by and I want to die. This is so funny. It's like perfectly on brand. Please do not edit this out. This is so perfect. Literally her cat is blocking her view. So that's all I'm looking at right now. I love it. (laughs) It's perfect. It's perfect. Keep going. You're doing great. I will
0: not stop touching my computer right now. So I'm sorry if you see me like squatting her away constantly.
1: This is amazing.
0: All right. Keep going. (laughs) Now my dog is about to come over here too. So. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, she's like climbing on her back. This
0: is just perfect. Great. Well, this is my life, and this is what <laughs> I do for a career. So I love it. But yeah, so I completed pharmacy school at the University of Michigan. I was trained via residency at University of Madison, Wisconsin. And um, as far as joining and being a part of CE Impact, that was something I just decided to reach out on my own. I emailed the president Kathy of the like educational department. And I, you know, I have a passion for educating pharmacists in veterinary medicine because in our training and in our education, we don't get any of it really in school. And it's not required for ACPE accreditation. And it's very, very important that I feel that every pharmacist is somewhat educated in it because we do see a lot and fill a lot of prescriptions, especially in community practice. Yeah. So I just wanted, I reached out and was like, hello, I'm a pharmacist in veterinary medicine. Um, this is something I'm very passionate about is educating others. And I want to see if you'd be interested in me writing a few CEs for other pharmacists she and technicians. And said yes. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> okay. I never knew the background. So this is yeah, <laughs> Great. So <I> was, <laughs> it was literally a cold email. I was just like, I'm just going to reach you. out to this person and if this isn't the right person, Tell me where else to go, but I there's definitely a need. Um, and just recently this year, the APHA annual meeting, they announced that one, they're going to change the definition of patient from not just human patient, but to include all species wow. as well. And our like definition in pharmacy as patient will include all species, so animal and human. And then back in 2015. The NABP recognized the need for education and training in veterinary medicine for pharmacists practicing in community practice. So slowly there's been a change and promotion of education about veterinary medicine in pharmacy. And that's something I want to be a part of and help to work with others as well in educating them. This is fascinating. So where did your interest stem from
1: working in this niche?
0: Well, it's quite a long story. (laughs) So actually, when I first went to college, so for undergrad, I went to North Carolina State University and I decided to get a degree in zoology. Wow. And I did chose zoology as my career pathway because I wanted to go to vet school. Mm -hmm. And it's a much more like competitive degree than animal science and some of your other, you know, programs for professional career schooling, Mm -hmm. but zoology meets all the requirements for medical school, dental school, pharmacy, veterinary medicine. So I was like, this is going to be a great voice. One, it's more competitive. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't have to take extra classes, et cetera. So I'm in my degree and I have to start getting my hours for veterinary medicine. You have to get like 450 hands-on hours for some of the programs to be able to apply to say like, I have Mm -hmm. practice experience. So I'm sure this is what I want to do. When I started getting my hours, I could not make it through a surgery. Mm. I (laughs) did not like the, I did not like the lifestyle. I was way too emotional for it. I just, it just was not what I thought I would get out of it. Like, yes, I love animals and I want to take care of them, but man, to be a veterinarian, it's a, it's much, it's a bigger burden than people realize for sure So. And I was not willing to take that on as a career pathway. I think the emotional Um, burden, the emotional. emotional
1: Yeah, sure. That was,
0: I know the vets that I worked with, they were great. And they were like, you know, you'll get used to it and you'll find (laughs) ways to get better. And I, I honestly, I didn't want to get used to it. Yeah, no, for sure. So, For sure.
1: You know, it's a, it's a really hard career.
0: It is a very hard career. It's very demanding physically and emotionally. So then I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do. And I was volunteering at the VA hospital in Durham, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. in their pharmacy. And I was like, I can do this every day. That's not, it's not too hard, I guess. And (laughs) lo and behold, here you are. I I was like, I can do this every day. This is great. I'll just apply to pharmacy school. Um, But yeah, so I ended up going to Michigan. And while I was in Michigan, I realized pharmacy was probably not the best career choice for me, just because I had very little understanding of what pharmacists did understanding about the education and the training. So during my second year, I really stepped back that summer and did a lot of research. Like, what do I want to do with my career? Like, what am I passionate about? What makes me happy? What drives me to continue Mm -hmm. working? Mm
1: -hmm. Where
0: do my passions align? And it came back to veterinary medicine and he comes back to where do my passions align? And I started to look into like how pharmacists can work with animals. And I just started researching, you know, animals and pharmacy, veterinary medicine and pharmacy. And this kind of sparked because I was interning at a compounding pharmacy and we're making um, antibiotic treats for dogs and like antibiotics for horses, ear compounds for dogs and cats. And I was like, well, there's obviously a need mm-hmm. for pharmacists. If we're, if we're making medications for animals, like there's has to be something more that I can do than just compounding.
1: Yeah. That's an incredible background. I mean, mm-hmm. you definitely did your due diligence and you're aligning both your professional passion in pharmacy with your personal flavor of what you really wanted to go into. I love that. So where are you, where are you at today?
0: So today I'm at Ohio state university and I work at their veterinary medical center.
1: So you work at their veterinary. So is that a school? Is it a, I mean, you're a faculty.
0: I am not faculty. It is a school. So it's a veterinary Mm -hmm. teaching hospital Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they train future veterinarians and they also have a medical center. So Okay. It's a tertiary hospital, like what would be equivalent to a tertiary um, university hospital in human medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's for veterinary medicine. So we have all different specialties within our veterinary clinic. We have um, dermatologists, oncologists, neurologists, internal medicine specialists, emergency medicine, et cetera. Yeah. And we also see equine patients and farm animal patients as well. Wow. Do you ever get to go on, on site visit, like out of the house? So one thing that's interesting, when I first started, I actually was a, I, um, it was just a staff position. So, you know, you're like reviewing the prescriptions for accuracy, safety, your drug utilization review, and then filling the medications and checking. And it was really just like a dispensing type Mm -hmm. of role. And actually within the last year, I am very passionate one about education and two about, you know patient safety and helping improve patient outcomes. And I wrote a proposal for changing my position to a clinical position and fortunately it got approved, which is great. Um, it took it took like a year and a half of like, you know, rewriting and yeah, sure. whatnot, but I am now a clinical pharmacist within our medical center. And I go, I round with the services in the morning and we do patient rounds and go over like what's going on with the patients. I answer any medical questions that they may have, um, help them with dosing and like basically what you would see. Oh in my care. Gosh, I'm pretty confident. But for animals.
1: The coolest job in the whole entire world. It's
0: so cool. I love my job. Sorry. I love my job. I, like, <laughs> I love my job. I
1: do. I, I mean, I, I love what I do, but your job really just, you know, took it up a notch.
0: <laughs> it's, it's very different. And um, I've trained a lot of the students to bring us puppies and kittens a lot. And we also get baby goats sometimes. So oh yeah, we get, you get that like daily fix of something very, very cute. It can be very emotional and demanding obviously, but it is a great specialty as far as like that mix of constant lifelong learning. I learn mm-hmm. every day. I read every day. I am never asked a question that I just like straight up know the answer to. Right. So it's a constant, I get to learn every single day. I get to teach someone something new every day. Um, and then I get the benefits of, you know, even being able to compound regularly.
1: Yeah. That was going to be my next question.
0: question. So do are you the only pharmacist or do you have a team or who, who do you report to? So we, um, we do have a team and it's great. Our team has grown exponentially since I've started. So when I started, there were three pharmacists and three technicians. Before I started, there were two pharmacists. And before that, there was only one. So it's grown over the years. And then within the last five years, we went from three pharmacists and three technicians to now we have five full-time pharmacists, two part-time pharmacists. And then we have five technicians.
1: Is there a pharmacist at our local vet that I don't even know about? Like, are you no. facing the public? <laughs> I mean, how does this work?
0: Yeah. So um, I would say right now it's very like a niche practice as far as pharmacists being in veterinary medicine. And most of your pharmacists that you see practicing and that are specialized in veterinary medicine are going to be practicing at university teaching hospitals. Okay. okay. You do have some pharmacists that have specialized and, you know, completed residencies that work in community practice, your regular community practice settings. Okay. And then also some of them work in compounding pharmacies. There is one in particular. She works at an aquarium. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think we have like two that work at an equine hospital. Yeah. And then there's one that I know, two that I know that work in private hospitals. So one okay. is a private, like you're a general, like a private specialty practice hospital. And I think there's some in private, um, tertiary hospitals, but not many, like they're, they're in the upper, they're not on the floor in the hospital. They're in like upper management doing formulary review for multiple hospitals. So it's very different across the board where you're at in practice. That's I would true. love to see it grow. Yeah. I mean that every day I would love to see like I don't want to like spill the beans and someone take this from me, but I would love to see more consultation services available for smaller practice sites for veterinarians, where like pharmacists can go and help them with their formulary, help them yeah. with you know uh, guidelines and protocols, right? Like, so the, utilization and review, the,
1: totally. And the the main difference I see, obviously beyond species, human mm-hmm. to animal is the cash-based service because Mm -hmm. you know with humans we have insured insurance and I I I know that there's pet insurance I know that there's animal insurance and I'm assuming the large farm animals or the large animals have some type of there's some opportunity or even with like pets you can opt into a pet insurance we used to have one but that's my only experience with pet insurance but um the the difference i see this is largely humans are mostly covered by some type of health benefit prescription benefit
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas the animals or your your patients and i'm totally making an assumption here are not so how do you guys i mean how do you guys how does that function
0: so when it comes to paying for medical costs and medications it is out of pocket. So we don't run anything through insurance first to see what the cost will be for the client. It is based off of like our markups, our costs that we purchase it from um, any like special filling fees or anything like that, that we assign to those things. So it is all out of pocket. It's unfortunate because I do know in vet medicine that a lot of people, when they refer to veterinary, like taking their Pet in to see a veterinarian. It's, oh, they're so expensive. Like, they're going to charge this much for that. It's that expensive in human health, if not more expensive, because of the markups that are behind it, because of how insurance works and what they get back. You know, if not more expensive, it's more expensive in human health care for a lot of the cost of things. And they, veterinarians try to do their best as far as like how pricing goes, because at the end of the day, they still, it's still a business and they have to make. Yeah, of course, off of their services. But insurance, as far as animal and veterinary insurance goes, it is you pay first, we reimburse you, right? Yeah. How um, is that? And, you,
1: and I'm wondering, how is that tied back to the pharmacist investment? Because I mean, hiring a pharmacist is not cheap, mm-hmm. I can imagine. So How, do you know how all of that gets tied in?
0: So the insurance, as far as the inner workings of it goes, I'm not a hundred percent expert, but insurances do not pay us back. They pay the owner back. So the money that's being made is based off of like the, um, like the increase price increase or, you know, that we're setting. For our services, whether it's like a eighty percent markup fee, fifty percent markup fee, um, actually, when it came to hiring more pharmacists and more technicians at our hospital, I did run a cost benefit analysis. Okay, yeah, because they were very. It was three pharmacists, three techs. They just built a clean room, um, that had seven for seven nine seven oh, and USP eight hundred. For our, our oncology department, yeah. and at that time, the oncology department was compounding all of their own chemotherapy. And me being a pharmacist, I'm not just thinking about the patients; I'm thinking about the people, right? Exactly. the these medications. Yes. And you know, I I stepped in and I was like, "Are you guys ready for USP 800? This is when it will start. But, um, do you understand the training? Do you understand the monitoring? What programs do you have in place?" And I started asking too many questions. That's the problem. You get yourself yes. in a pickle. <laughs> I did. You get yourself and involved then, in too they, many things. That's how you have a job now, Ricky. There you happened. go. <laughs> so we, we what ended up happening was that I asked too many questions and then they realized they were not prepared to meet the standards for USP 800. Once I went, I went through like USP 800 with them one-on-one with the faculty, head faculty of our oncology department, the head technician. I then did like educational seminars with our residents and our technicians there, um, trying to train them on the cleaning procedures and like what, why this is important. Because, okay, you're going into the stair room. Why does it need to maintain sterility? Why do you need deactivating agents? And once that was started, the techs in the oncology department tried to maintain the standards and I'd go in and check on them and they weren't cleaning appropriately, you know, it's not their fault. Yeah. It's just a with USB 800 and us being a licensed pharmacy within our hospital, we have to meet all this yeah, because it's our license. You yes. Know. So at that point, we're like, okay, we need to stop things and reassess. So um, I worked on this with my now manager, but we worked on a cost benefit analysis and we looked at, okay, if pharmacy took over the clean room, what Benefit would the hospital be seeing? So not only would the oncology department be getting the chemotherapy that they need, but now we have control of the clean room, so we can actually do all the sterility compounding and start adding more drugs and doing CRI for making CRI's and limiting waste of a lot of drugs. So we went through and made a huge document trying to see like what costs, like if range of costs that we could assign to things. And then we broke it down. Like if you hired one pharmacist, and one tech, this is a profit we should make within the next year. If you hire one pharmacist, two techs. And from that is how we went from three pharmacists to three techs to now five full-time pharmacists, two part-time pharmacists, six technicians. So this is fascinating (laughs) to me because so
1: it reminds me of how pharmacists got originally originally started in the clinical yeah. sense, because yeah. it's, kind of, it's, it's a little, it, what I'm hearing is it's just a little bit behind human that, uh, medicine. And yeah. it's not for lack of passion or lack of de- desire. It's just for lack of knowledge and, and education on how mm-hmm. pharmacists can play a role in this space. And you've managed to unicorn it up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I okay. I actually have a unicorn horn at my desk, and when I have bad days, (laughs) I wear it.
1: You should wear it every day. Uh, I I give you full permission. (laughs) Well, you know, you you, you have taken your education and your background, and learn how to translate that Mm -hmm. into impact. Yes, and honestly, a lot of pharmacists struggle with that. Yeah. in general. And I think you are showing us the way of there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what I want to do with my life. And this is exactly what I'm passionate about. Here's how to blend it and also show how resourceful we can be.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for like seeing that. And that's something I, um, I teach at the pharmacy school at Ohio State Oh gosh, well. I get the,
1: ki- I get the students are just salivating. I mean,
0: I would be, I'm yeah. a huge animal fan.
1: <laughs> I might be an outlier because I'm a huge animal person.
0: Yeah, but- I love, they love the class. It's so, it, it like fills up every semester. And, um, when we have our appy students, I guess it's like the most competitive one that they wow. sign to sign up for just because it's so different. Um, so I'm trying to open up more spots, but I'm only one person. So we'll see. Yeah, seriously, but, you got to get ten of you.
1: Okay, so the program, the program that you created with our content to creation with our uh-huh. content creation team, what are some of the biggest takeaways? What was really important to you that you created this space for?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think my reaching out to start helping and you know writing CES and working with CE Impact was to provide education for pharmacists and pharmacy technicians in veterinary medicine. So I just want pharmacists and technicians to have a basic understanding of where the resources are to check for doses, what type of errors can occur when you're filling prescriptions for veterinary patients, when you should be counseling on medications, um, common disease states that, you know, like you will fill prescriptions Mm -hmm. for, for the rest of your life, (laughs) what drugs they utilize, why we dose them differently. So for example, a lot of uh, medications in human medicine that may be extended release or delayed release are actually Mm -hmm. um, dose every 12 hours in our animal patients. And that's due to physiological differences as far as like their GI tract length, um, pH differences, etc. cetera. So helping give you the tools you need to understand the differences that you'll see when you're filling these prescriptions for our veterinary patients. Got it. This is, it's just so fascinating to me that we
1: have this gap. I, I don't remember because I was in pharmacy school a long time ago. So I think we had like a
0: one class, literally, if that.
1: I don't remember. Yeah, I,
0: I took a, a special elective. Yeah, uh, that wasn't even offered through my school. And it didn't even count towards credit. I took it with an outside pharmacy school just to take it because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I needed to, like, take, you know, be competitive, yeah. applying for residency. So I took that course. Um, besides that, the only thing I learned about was like specific laws. Right. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I think
1: that was, and now that you're saying that, maybe that's, what we were talking about. And I do have a question about that. And maybe because this is so relevant to what I was currently experiencing this week, I took my dog, Sam to the vet and he needed to be on antibiotics. Curious. Why do some medications get prescribed and then dispensed through the, through the vet clinic or the vet hospital Mm -hmm. versus some of them has to go through the community, like a regular pharmacy.
0: That's actually a great question. Um, some medications are filled at the veterinary clinic because they have them available. Okay. Two, it may be a veterinary specific drug, that's right? FDA labeled for that species. So, depending on the drug product itself, if it's an FDA labeled drug, community pharmacies might not have a contract with a distributor that oh, okay. carries that product.
1: Got it. So, they so may not your typical product. pharmacy wholesaler may or may not carry all that medicine.
0: Perfect. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Some okay. of them, some of your bigger retail pharmacies do have yeah. contracts with um, distributors that have veterinary specific products. And that comes into play because, you know, manufacturers like have contracts with veterinarians because at the end of the day, it is a for-profit business. It's for not, sure. you know, so they, well, to
1: be fair, a business is all, pro- it's
0: for-profit. business is always for profit. So, Thank you. Know, you for, be- yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't that throw ourselves totally better. under the bus. <laughs>
0: say, yeah, <laughs> Veterinarians are not out here to steal your money. They No, are no, no.
1: I mean, they, they kind of do, money. but you know, that's besides See? the yeah. point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's besides the point. So, <laughs> But uh, veterinary specific manufacturers tend to make sure that they sell to veterinarians. Now, veterinarians don't always have that on their shelf. And when it comes to human specific products that are not FDA labeled for animals, they can't always get their hands on those products because they may only be able be available through a wholesale distributor that only carries human products and only licenses with. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Pharmacists or like MDs, et cetera. So
1: what do you see the pipeline in veterinary medicine for pharmacists are?
0: The pipeline as in like where we. What's in the future? Where are we going?
1: Yeah. Tell us okay, the direction. I was okay. like specialty medications are in our pipeline or what's going on here.
0: Um well as far as my pipeline goes <laughs> let's talk about Ricky's
1: first and then yeah, maybe no. with, with the broad.
0: <laughs> so as i mentioned like i'm very big on education i also kind of was saying like i teach at the college of pharmacy i teach an elective in veterinary pharmacy and it's you know to get those basics of common disease states etc because i want to get future pharmacists interested in this pathway because it's more than just working at a university teaching hospital It's more than just working in a pharmacy itself. So where else could we be utilized? I think there's a lot of opportunity for consultation services. Like I mentioned earlier, when we were talking, um, working with veterinary clinics to make sure, you know, they are able to handle their inventory. They're able to order from certain places that they can't get from. What are they doing with price markups? How are they managing that? Because you know as a veterinarian, yes, they have these businesses, they have practice managers. Um, they do well, but I think pharmacists can be utilized much more in the private sector in those types of areas.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so those are kind of like your your basic community needs so like education, sure. um, helping with smaller practice sites with management, etc. As, as it goes to like future needs and something that's very big and very passion like I have a lot of passion for is um, things that concern One Health. So the One Health Initiative is, I don't want to say newer, but within the last 10 to 15 years, it's become much more talked about. But the One Health Initiative is a health initiative that looks at human healthcare and animal healthcare and environmental care Hmm. and how all of those those aspects affect one another. As far as like disease progression goes, infections go, how medications work, Um, So I think when it comes to veterinary medicine and pharmacists in the future, it's really targeting those types of practices. So looking more into one health perspective. And, you know, when we have our IPEs, our interprofessional education programs within pharmacy schools, like it shouldn't just be our medical doctors, our dentists, social workers. Like we should be working with veterinary medicine as well. What can we learn? What have we done in animal patients that can be brought into human medicine? What, what are we like, how do animal models mimic human patients? And what can we learn from their disease progression? And how can we apply that to human medicine? One way that I'm actually working like in a very strong one health initiative is within my role as a clinical pharmacist. I am also the lead antimicrobial stewardship. I was pharmacist. thinking this this whole time.
1: Yeah. Oh, is right. Someone it's, managing this. Yeah. Yes, stewardship so part.
0: There is a lot of Push from the FDA and Center of Veterinary Medicine, which is the sister FDA site that oversees all the laws and um, regulations for veterinary medicine practice. But there's a lot of push to do more research and collect more data as far as antimicrobial use goes in our resistance patterns in animal patients and how it spreads and affects human patients as well. So I am the lead antimicrobial steward pharmacist at Ohio State. Um, And a part of that role is I consult with very difficult infectious cases, like they may only have one or two drugs that are available for use. I help come up with, you know, different dosing protocols and help with defining duration of therapy, because a lot of that, you do have guidelines for some of your basic um, infectious disease states, but those guidelines are not generally like clinically data-driven, as far as like in human medicine for a UTI, we have data to support a three-day dose of therapy. We don't have that data to support that in our like cats and dogs. And when I first started in pharmacy, we, you would see a basic um, lower UTI getting wow. treated for 30 plus days on antibiotics with no, cult, no initial culture and no yeah.
1: follow-up culture. So yeah, speciation. Yeah. Wow.
0: Oh my gosh so, okay that's one, something last, question. I'm one about. last
1: question for you ricky do you okay. sleep you have a full plate
0: i do have a full plate i love i don't know i found something that i'm extremely passionate about and i don't necessarily view my work as something that is tiring to me or takes away from my everyday life i guess i'm always very excited to go into work i love the people i work with i think that it speaks volumes too. But what I do every day, I'm so thankful to be able to do, because I yeah. know I'm not only making a difference with animals, but I'm making a difference for a future pharmacist as well. And maybe like impacting them in some way to when they leave my appy, they have a red flag. You know, I need to look this up. Yeah, for sure. This dose, um, for sure, et cetera. But I, I, do, I do sleep and <laughs> I enjoy myself too. I'm learning to have a better work-life balance. Yeah, cannot always- we'll send those tips to
1: all of us once you get that figured out.
0: <laughs> once you get
1: that figured out,
0: you just I know. send a mass email <laughs>
1: to the thousands, let us know. Um, well, I have to say you're impressive. And I, I, I'm so grateful that you have partnered with us. I know that your content that you created with our team has been fantastic. And everyone was just said such great things about you as an expert and just to collaborate and work with you. So really appreciate your time. I think you can guarantee the people who listen to this podcast have been inspired by you. Just, I don't know, just your optimism and the way that you've gone about your career. Not only is it unique and it's very niche, but you are trailblazing. So kudos to you. Keep doing it. Keep doing your thing. And you know, when I have a, a... now the problem is, is everyone's going to call you for questions. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens.
0: and Now lucky. I know that
1: you exist. I'm gonna. <laughs> Sam's on some type of antibiotic right now, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> now I know. I, and when the vet the vet gave me this huge pill because he's a Great Dane, so he has oh, this yeah. huge pill box, and I was like, oh my gosh, how is he gonna take these? And he's like, good luck. She said, like, good luck. Walked out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yay! Okay, thanks. Appreciate that. I'll, I'll try to figure out how to shove this down his throat. If that's the best way to do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, now. sounds about right. Sounds about right. No, but
1: you are awesome and really appreciate your time. We are going to link in the show notes, your program that, or your course, your boot camp that you put together with us, ways to contact you, ways to look you up on all the social media platforms. And so um, I really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah. Thank you. It was nice talking to you and hopefully I can, you know, help someone else discover their passion in pharmacy, whether it's veterinary medicine or not, but one thing I always tell my students is, you know, if you're in a field, like be, and you want to be passionate about what you're doing, look for ways to improve it and yeah. See where you can make a difference because you always can. So
1: good job. I love it. Amen. Thanks for Take care.
0: Hi, Jen here. I'd like to personally invite you to become a pharmacist by design. Being a pharmacist by design means you're striving to be the best version of yourself not just as a professional, but as an individual dedicated to improving patient care outcomes. You can learn more about Pharmacists by Design at CEimpact.com. And when you use the code Level Up, you'll get 10% off an already great rate for all the education you want. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week as we help you level up your pharmacy practice.